This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. are live in our own stomping grounds almost we are we thought we were going to be in doyle south so i apologize for all of our listeners that thought we were going to be there but even better we are in newtown pa tonight we are in the borough at the green parrot we're enjoying two dollar bud lights as they have every tuesday night i am looking at five six seven eight flat screens here everything that you want is on here we've got hockey going we got the world series the nba is starting tonight it is uh it is a pretty crazy night here at the green parrot and not only are we just bringing on, you know, usually it's just me and James here. John, uh, I'd like to correct you here. Oh. We are actually in the township. The township. Not the borough. Not Let's the get borough. that correct We're just here, outside sir. of the borough. We are in yes, the township the of township. Newtown. That is my mistake. But why it is so special. Not only did we, you know, we're, I, I smell some of the, I used to work at some of the places in the Newtown borough. I, yeah, I, went, I went to high school here. in this area. You went here. to the George School. But uh, our, uh, so we made it really, really special because the editor uh, of, Birds twenty four seven. Is that your official title over there now? Editor in chief, maybe. I just say writer. I just <laughs> yeah, of course you do. So for Birds twenty four seven, Mr. Brandon Gowden is finally joining one of our Bud Light live series. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Glad to be here, guys. Uh, I've wanted to come to the other ones. Obviously, uh, did not make it, but I'm really glad to be here tonight. Yeah, and uh, of course, James Seltzer, my uh, partner in crime here. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, man. I like how understated BLG is. It's like if you were the president of the United States, he'd be like, "I'm just a politician. No big deal." <laughs> No biggie. Don't mind me. As he gets his mozzarella. Uh, yeah, I was going to say sticks, but it's like Triangle. mozzarella they're packets. They look yeah, amazing. Triangles or something. Yeah, I want look, one. They look really good. The food is fantastic here. They have, I'm not sure. I, I, I see seven, ten Bud Light, or excuse me, not uh, Bud Light, but uh, all sorts of beer taps that are going on here. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic joint. Flyers are going to start soon. We're very excited. What, uh, what has got everybody excited last night late, and it's been going on all day today as recording this. 
on a Tuesday is the fact that the Eagles might be involved, which we'll get to it, but I don't really think they are. I think that there's there's a, a bunch of tire kicking going on with Torrey Smith in San Francisco. I think more or less they're trying to set a market here. Uh, but uh, you have that. You have some rumors about Alshon Jeffrey kind of being in the mix here and Howie Roseman kind of kicking the tires. How do you feel about that overall? I, I, I really like the idea that they're at least checking on it and seeing what the prices are. I absolutely love the idea. I, I, you know, you look at where this team is right now through six games at four and two. You, you have to consider them a playoff contender, obviously, and, and, and a division title contender as well, obviously. So at that point, if you have the opportunity to take your biggest weakness on the team and not give up likely if you're talking Tory Smith not give up a ton to do it you know that I, I think San Francisco will be happy enough to get rid of that contract and move him over and yeah, I would assume there's a chance to restructure I'm, I'm assuming Tory Smith doesn't seem to be super happy out there not really being used effectively nobody um, is which yeah well when Jeremy Curley <laughs> is taking is. your targets yes. and scoring touchdowns you're probably yes. not that happy yeah so but I, I think ultimately and I think Tory Smith a lot more likely option than Jeffrey but Either way, you're, it, they're targeting their biggest weakness right now, and, and in a league where it is a really kind of, you know, I hate the word parody, but we've talked about it. There are no, like, super great teams who you think can, you know, just dominate and walk to the Super Bowl. So why not go out and fill your biggest need potentially with a guy who's clearly an upgrade and ultimately how he loves to trade, right? Like, yeah. if anybody, oh, I, yeah. I, I normally hear NFL rumors, and I'm like, no, nothing. You know, it's NFL, anybody trades. But with Howie, you have to take it seriously. And how, I mean, like, what, Brandon, how much interest do you think that there's, is actually there? Two, do you pull the trigger? I think there's a lot of interest. It's not just a short-term need. You know, this isn't just like someone went down and the Eagles are just looking for a fill-in guy or they're looking for a stopgap. I mean, like a wide receiver is a serious need for this team, long-term, short-term. And I think there's some merit to the argument, you know, that Carson Wentz really needs a better receiver in here to help his development. I mean, like these guys just aren't good. I mean, we say it every week. Like Jordan Matthews is fine. And then it's just almost nothing. I mean, Josh Huff can contribute on special teams, 13 as we call him. 13, or, or, baby. <laughs> no, he gets his name now. He yeah. gets his name. He's a gunner. We just got to reevaluate yeah, yeah. him. <laughs> he gets his name. Yeah, but number 17 doesn't because number 17 was not very good on, on Sunday and hasn't been very good. Uh, there is, uh, uh, well. I don't know if I take it. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what I say is that our good friend Brian Coulter is here once again. Uh, Twitter user Benjamin Albright has, has is now <laughs> noting that they are trying to kick the tires on Alshon Jeffrey, which which could be which I want to get back to in a second because I want to stick with Tory Smith here for yeah, a while. Yeah, me too. I think that's a lot more likely. Joe Dolan put this out. Our good friend who works for the Eagles is also an incredible fantasy writer. You should go follow him immediately following this. I forget his handle. I think it's FG uh, underscore it's, Dolan. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, part of the fantasy guru crew, but he is exactly right. The Eagles need that one thing that Torrey Smith does. He does nothing else. Yep. He doesn't run a good root tree. He doesn't really catch balls. He's like, I, I call he him the, block. the four out of ten guy because you can go deep ten times, he'll probably catch it four times. But that's okay. That's what the Eagles need right now he is instead second, of zero for ten. Second in yards per reception of active NFL wide receivers. Second. Yeah, look, we got and to what the... What is that, 17.3 17 yards or something it's like so, that? Yeah, it's like right we, that. We got to the point where we're saying let's activate... Activate Bryce Treggs and just let him run flies. <laughs> Seriously, like Paul Turner Tory, or something. Yeah, Tory Smith is Bryce Treggs on steroids. You know, like that. You're absolutely right, John. Like this is a huge need, especially for a guy like Wentz who has the ability to throw deep, seems to enjoy doing it, no less. 
Like this is a real need and a, and a, a cheap way to fill it. I, I'm I'm all for this. I know there's contract stuff, but you would have to think right. Like John, well, if I'm he sure comes in, you think they'll restructure? Yes, I'm sure. Yes, of course they would. And Howie wouldn't do anything. Much like I don't think that. They make a move for Alshon Jeffrey unless there's a contract extension talk. You're not going to yeah. waste or picks on, on the that. Unless it's there. like a fifth or a If you can get him for it, which I don't know why the Bears would do it, but right. I'm just saying if you can get him for a super late pick, maybe you do it. Uh, and overall, I'm still on the – yeah, I, and Dave Mangles wrote an article of like you don't need to trade for anybody right now, but we've been saying for weeks that this offense has a cap, It's it's in, and it's almost reached that limit. We are starting to see it against a really good defense. Like You have to scheme the hell out of it and rely on your defense. Um, which is what we said in the postgame show. We said this season is going to deter the, – the Eagles' defense will determine how far this team goes. But if you can finally get an offense that can go down the field, like I, I don't even – I haven't looked it up, but there has got to be – they have to be almost dead last in the league as far as 20-plus, right? Yeah, I mean, 20-plus yard Well, play. Sam Bradford still plays in the league. Who right, would have so. him? <laughs> yeah. So 30, 31st, 32nd, somewhere around there. I really do think if you go in and say, okay, fourth round, fifth round conditional pick for Torrey Smith, I would pull that trigger immediately. In a second. I, I, I don't I know why think people twice. are thinking about this because they are, the Eagles are in contention for a playoff spot. The four and two. You don't know what's going to And, and, and they beat the Vikings and the Steelers. You, you always go at the end of the year. Washington last year wins the division, beats no team with a winning record. Yep. At the end of the year, you're like, all right, but who did they beat? The Eagles already have two legitimate wins, and I know Pittsburgh you know, lost to Miami and stuff, but... That was a legitimate win, and, and obviously the Vikings are a legitimate win. So, I mean, you can't not take them seriously. And not only that, I mean, yes, you will find those Martavius Bryants. You will find Stephon Diggs in the fourth or fifth round. You'll find guys that are going to be better than Torrey Smith, of course, but not right away and instantly. Like, it instantly upgrades your – it's so sad that we're saying Torrey Smith instantly upgrades your offense. I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth, but it's true. Like, there is nobody that can go downfield, and there's nobody that can catch a ball right now. Howie needs to do whatever he can to get one of those guys in here. I don't care who it is. They have to find a wide receiver before the deadline. Well, especially when you – I mean, a guy like Bryant, that was more, you know, personality. Sure, sure. I'm just no, but the point is, is look at Will Fuller, perfect example from this year. Everyone's like, oh, a third-round pick, maybe a second. He runs a 4-3. He's a first-round pick. Guys like Torrey Smith don't fall in the draft because they run too fast. All right? You know, it's just right. the way the NFL is. You're not going to get it. You might get a Diggs, a great route runner, a guy who's a, a tactician or whatever, and that was also a personality kind of, you know, off-the-field stuff. was. So, you know, you get an Antonio Brown, obviously that type of guy, but it's really hard to find a legit burner late who has any sort of talent outside of that. And now this is why I want to shift it over to Al Alshon Jeffrey. So I don't know if Albright is... is Smelling the roses or doing whatever that he likes to do, he's and we all just kind of bite on it. He's probably going to end up it wrong, and who or he's cares? guessing, and he might be right. Yeah, you never know. It's right. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. But at this point, and this is what I don't understand. And well, I think it was Matt Miller yesterday who made a really just to tie up uh, the Tory Smith thing. It was like, well, if it's San Francisco, you got to look for Jordan Matthews to, to maybe oh be in the ball in that trade. Like you're not trading. You're not trading Jordan Matthews. For Tory You're Smith. not even trading Aguilar, but that's a more interesting idea, at least. Yes, exactly. But I would, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden, I would consider trading Jordan Matthews if it gets you Alshon Jeffrey. I would consider that. I would definitely consider that. If there's a contract extension to go, I'll deal with the injuries and all that. But aside from all that, if you if Jeffrey is agreeing to an extension to come here during the trade, what are you giving up? 
I think you would have to to start. I think you would have to have that extension worked out because you're not tagging him again. Because if you no tag way. him, he's already been tagged. So you, that that price is what something like eighteen million or something like ridiculous. So you would and Howie isn't going to give up a pick or something serious just to bring this guy in and then have the chance of losing him at the end of the year. So yeah, you know you're going to have to have that deal there. What do you give up for him? I don't know. What would you give up for him? I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm good at it too. Yeah, if you're assuming if there's a deal, if there's a deal, and I think you're I'm the guy who I'll, said, "I'll give up a one." Are you kidding me? If there's a deal, I'll g- if it's a deal that's not a, cr- if he's like, "All right, I want to play with Wentz, I want to come to Philly, whatever it is," and gives you a somewhat of a, a fair deal, yeah, I give up a one. Yeah, what and you were the guy who said you would give up a first for Brandon Marshall. Absolutely, yeah. so absolutely I would. Well, so I would have steal. I would eventually. I would eventually come to yeah. If you want to do a one for, I'm I'm with James. I think. Whatever they want, if he's yeah. if he's willing to sign an extension and come here, because that's where you win every time. Like even though I know there's even some people were disagreeing, even with, with what you were saying, James is like you know Wentz doesn't have the the downfield accuracy yet, or blah blah blah, which I completely disagree with. Yes. I think he does there. Sure, he's going to throw bad throws every now and again, which did yeah, happen Detroit against Detroit. Game Detroit. Saw it, happens, sure. it, it happens, but. Those bad throws turn into 50-yard catches if you have Alshon Jeffrey here. That makes Jordan Matthews way more useful. I, I do think that even I'm being a little too hard on him because he is the guy and he, he's not built to be the guy. So if you have a complementary of Alshon and Matthews that opens up the middle field, does so many things to your offense that I think the Eagles would be absolutely crazy not to turn something down if there is an extension there. Yeah, it's it, that's the exact point, John. Is it, it it totally changes the dynamic of the offense. And look, you're talking about Alshon getting. I mean, Alshon's catching 50 yard balls from Brian friggin' Hoyer. All right, and yes, and you know yes, how much I love Brian exactly. Hoyer, but he's nowhere close to what Carson Wentz is. The, Alshon represents such a gigantic upgrade for this offense in the biggest area of need. That I, yeah, if he's willing to sign, in my mind, it is a no brainer. And even again, like whether if that doesn't work, if he's not willing to sign, whatever, I'm fine with Torrey Smith too. It's not as it's not you know obviously it doesn't raise your level as quickly, but Torrey Smith is still fits a need for this team and gives them an NFL player at a spot where they desperately need one. And Brandon, how much does that change the division? Let's start with Torrey Smith. They get Torrey Smith. How much does that change the outlook of the division? I think getting a legitimate wide receiver in this offense changes a lot because it just first of all. If you get a deep threat, I mean that opens everything down the field instead of having all these pretend. Uh, I mean you're like you're almost like you said earlier you're almost scheming the guys to get open. Uh, we saw that Jordan Matthews reception in the Washington game where, you know he uh, he's not a burner, but they had to Ow. throw to him deep. And uh, if you have a guy who can actually get open like that, you know it's opening the run game, it's opening those routes underneath. On the Saturday show this past week, we talked about why isn't Zach Ertz getting more involved? Well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe that gets more open for him. Yeah. I think it changes a lot if they can get a, a legitimate guy who can go deep here. And I wonder, and that kind of that's going to shift us into basically what's been what, what has happened over this past week with the NFL. And listen, if you guys have any other, I, I'm curious if anybody out there at BGN underscore Radio, if you want to tweet at us as you're listening to this, if you really don't, if you're on the Dave Mangles level, it's like, yeah, you really just don't need to do anything and and just just see what happens. I guess that's that's my my biggest problem with that mentality. James is it doesn't like that that's still going to work for you in the future as well as going for it now the Eagles are in a position to I mean we're not saying Super Bowl but go for it to make sure you get a chance in the playoffs and if the defense plays well in the playoffs 
and the offense is is is, is a little bit better than it's been playing now. Well, who's to say what's going to happen? Dude, we, we saw Joe Flacco win a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, people can get hot for a month and play above their level. I, if you have a chance to get in that dance, you do whatever you can to do it. It doesn't matter. And, and not just that, like, even more so now, when you look at the league, and we're going to talk about it eventually, looking at kind of the scope of the NFC, but, you know, outside of a Tom Brady-led Patriots team, is there any team that you're like – Oh, we can't beat these guys. And even then, I don't know that you can't beat a Tom Brady-led Patriots team. Chip Kelly did it last well, year. Well, nobody's beating Tom Brady. Right. I'll mark this right down. Tom Brady's not losing to anybody. I, I think so, too. I, I think I, if I, like I said, if I had to bet my life on a Super Bowl winner right now, it is absolutely the Patriots. But but the point is. But I would also laugh if he gets to that point again and, he, and, it's, and oh. it's a Giants type of thing. Oh, can you imagine? Kind of figure it but out. That's I would a enjoy per- that. But think about that. Think about that. And we talk about that all the time. Those Giants teams were far from the best teams in football. They were six seeds and four seeds. And Eli Manning, their first Super Bowl, had 20 touchdowns, 23 interceptions heading into the playoffs. The People went to Tom line. Coughlin fired. That's what I'm saying, man. Yes, it, the yes. point is that is the way the NFL is. If you are at least good enough of a certain level, you can get hot enough and beat anybody, especially when there's no dominant you know, controlling type of, of dynasty, franchise, no. whatever type of thing. So you ha- if you have this opportunity, especially for not a huge cost to your long-term future, whether it's a mid-round pick for Torrey Smith or Alshon for a first second, but you're signing him, how does that really hinder you long-term no, either? It doesn't. I mean, and, and we've seen what happens, especially for a guy like that. And I know, again, I know the injuries come up with this, but if you're telling me that you can find a better wide receiver at the tail end of the first round, we've seen that before. We've done that before. You know, and and I maybe I trust Howie and Joe Douglas together more than you do Chip Kelly and and the rest of the crew, and I think anybody would. But there's been so many misses. Like you have to, and and I was listening to Joe DeCamera today, which congratulations to him. He's part of our new uh, 94 WIP uh, midday show, and as we said, James is a producer there, and he said a really smart thing today with John Ritchie as as, as usual. Well, yeah, John Ritchie. John Ritchie is amazing. He's so good. Oh my dude. gosh, sounds like Ryan Rasulo. Yeah, he's terrific, weird. man. Anyway, uh, uh, but he said, you know, how many, how important it is to nail that first pick because you control that for the next four years, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't get there, <laughs> then you have to worry about signing him again. Like the the best way to, for that franchise is to is to hit on that wide receiver during the draft, and he wasn't able to do that. We don't know if, you know, Doug hasn't drafted one yet, so we'll have to see. But regardless, I mean, I think you would take Alshon over anybody that you could draft possibly there unless Mike Williams is hanging out, you know, from or one of those big wide receivers. And even then, you know, you're, you're, you're again, you're betting on a lot there. I would just take the proven guy, take the guy that can give you the 50-50 balls, even if it's only 12 games a year. You got to go and do it. You know, it just it just doesn't. I, I don't see any other way. If that offer's on the table, that you can turn it down again. I know I'm kind of repeating myself here over and over again. Uh, and uh, you've been hearing it, and that's why. Oh, well, that's so. When you get into that point, and you have a guy like that on your team, and as you're hearing the the wind spill here, uh, uh, spin rather at the Green uh, Parrots here in Newtown, it's our 94 WIP prize. Maybe that's what happens to Eagle. You spin the wheel and. Maybe you get lucky. Well, Maybe I, you get lucky and you I, just sneak in there, you know, and then you go. I think if nothing else, just the, the whole thing that you just said, add to that, you have a quarterback who is so advanced for his age and so mature and so poised, you can take advantage of this now. You can bring a guy like Alshon in and have three, four, whatever you sign him for, potentially terrific 
terrific years together if you get those guys together and start developing that. So, I mean, Alshon's not old either. But yeah, also, make him sound like he's 37 or something, you know, or whatever. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned Joe Douglas. Something to keep in mind, too. He was in Baltimore when that's they brought point. Torrey Smith in. That's so, right. like, And in Chicago with, and, with uh, the oh, last year. Oh, that's a great point. I think about that. So he knows both these guys. That's actually that's really a, that's that's probably huge. why they're knocking on that door. Yeah. That's why you're here in the Yeah, it's a great point, BLG. I only thought about nice. the Torrey Smith one. I didn't think about... You know, he brought Tori in there. So, yeah, and it's a great point. So, do you think that then, then this kind of changes my mind on something? Do you think people are linking that because of Joe Douglas, or do you think that that's be, or they're actually in it because of Joe Douglas? I think it's possible. You know, we've been around long enough to know that a lot of these rumors that get started aren't like you can't take everything at face value. You know, a lot of this is agents out there trying to create a market and things like mm-hmm. that. But to the wide receiver point, you know, I know you guys, John, especially you, have talked about like wanting a wide receiver in the draft yeah. and things like that. And and I get what I you're coming from. I haven't heard that. From. That's weird. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> but at the same point, it's just like, no. Like, I want a guy who I know for sure yes. is a proven NFL player mm-hmm. who can do it. Because they spent a first-round pick on Nelson Aguilar, and people thought he was going to be better than Jeremy Macklin. I did. Or, I at, or did. at least Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. And, and he is awful. He is not even. Yeah, and he's not. He can't hold he's not Jeremy. One eighth of Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, jockstrap as and, far as it goes. And a second round pick on Jordan Matthews, who's fine. And a third round pick on Josh Huff, who's playing special teams and doing things, but not ideally, you know, the, right. the most productive third round wide receiver. So I just want a proven player in this offense. And the Matthews thing, even though he is a really nice player, it does. It does kind of feel more hollow because of the guys that went after him. And I know Martavis Bryant had the issue, but I mean, you look at that list of guys. I mean. It's tough. That's what I'm it's saying. Tough, it's, man. it's still tough because there was the slew of wide receivers that went before him. And yeah, after well, him, OBJ. Mike, I mean, uh, the fact that OBJ and Mike Evans both went in that draft and neither were the first wide receiver taken that draft. Think about Thanks, that, Buffalo. Man. Appreciate Think that, about Buffalo. That, man. I mean, those are yeah. two of the. You know, I mean, obviously OBJ top top three, top four, and then. Evans, I, I personally think right now is is right around that top ten range the way he's playing. Yeah, I I, I would honestly, yeah, that's a that's a tough. Uh, maybe we'll save that for a fun discussion. Yeah, I don't know yeah, who I, I would uh, take tangent. My fault, tangent. But, st- <laughs> but still, I think there is, and on top of that, then it really does free up a need. You don't have. I mean, you can still draft wide receivers if you want, but I mean, like that really does. Then you yes. can really concentrate on the O line if you want yes. to. You can really concentrate Secondary on the, on go finding another pass rusher or some corners, and yep. it's a good corner. It's a class. great it point, really John. Is. It's a terrible O line class. It's a great corner class, and it's a you great know, wide point. receivers are kind of about the same as last year. So you go into this thing and just roll with it. it helps you out in the short and long term. Now, now I'm I've in the twenty minutes that we've been talking. Now they absolutely have to go. Yes, get well, especially this last point you just said just got me thinking even more. The idea of, of how it sets them up for the draft, I, and and this is pure conjecture, but I feel like what we know about Howie. Obviously, we know he loves to trade, so he's already in. But I mean, his the ability to go into the draft with that type of set thing and be like, all right, we're set here. Now we can focus on this and that. Like this whole situation just feels very appealing for Howie Roseman if he can make something happen. Yeah, and if that does. I mean that's what I'm saying. That would that would definitely change. Uh, not only NFC East, I think it would change in the NFC. Yeah. And based on, on on what's happened this last weekend here, BLG, who's the best now? Because Me. I, <laughs> hey, always I am the best. Always, he's always the best. But what who, is who the hell are you? Yeah, I don't even I know. Have who you no are. idea. <laughs> Country funny. singer? Yeah, actor? I think so. Something like that. Maybe a dual threat. A An actor. Threat. Yeah. Uh, but who is now? Your leader in the NFC because Minnesota goes down. It's an ugly game. Old Sam Bradford showed up. 
you had a horrendous, horrendous Sunday night football. It, the Sunday night game was so bad <laughs> yeah. that I didn't even want to risk watching Monday night football. Yeah. No, I, 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 I and just, good thing I you didn't. Guess what? Went, Monday you know night what? was was close to as bad, <laughs> I too. Know, I didn't even watch it. I, I just know that our, our good friend uh, Brock Osweiler, a uh, $37 million man, cannot throw a football. $72 million well, man. Well, Andrew Brandt were You're talking just guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. That's fair, that's. too. But Let's say 60 and a half a year or whatever. But it Come is on. too much money. <laughs> too much money. Jeez. But it's causing not to, Nuke to not like do anything on your fantasy team. It's terrible. Yeah. So you have you have the, the Seattle and Arizona just clanging field goals back and forth. And I know it's a divisional and missing thing. missing them. It's, it, it is the strangest thing ever. It made me want to never watch football again. <laughs> But now who is, I mean, honestly, to James's point where there's no one really scary, I only look at the Patriots, and I think he's right. I don't see anybody in the NFC, East, NFC that is like, oh, my gosh, uh, they're, they're going to dominate the Eagles here. Yeah, I did my power rankings today. You can check those out at Birds 24 7. See, he goes from saying I'm just a writer to actually self promoting. You're, you're such a dichotomy. I don't know what you <laughs> are. <Billymag.com laughs> he, did, he did say he was the best. So. Yeah, that's true. I am the best. There you go. Yeah. best well, best. I agree with that. That's <laughs> obvious. Um, but yeah, I did my power rankings today. And to me, the Patriots are clearly number one. They only lost that one game. Yep. And that was with your boy, John uh, Jacoby Brissett, starting. And he wasn't even 100%. He was hurt, yeah. yeah it, it was he, just, he looked good. It was a fluky kind of thing. I mean, <laughs> no, Tom, no, no, the first yeah. game. I yeah, mean. He, did, he did. I mean, when he was healthy. Tom anyway, Brady's back, on. you know, and they're rolling. Um, I have the Seahawks, I think, as, as my top NFC. I have Broncos number two overall, and then I have the Seahawks at number three because I think that defense is really good. I, I trust in that unit. I still like Russell Wilson a lot, even though I think he's probably not playing at 100%. But, you know, it's it, they're not even, like, that clear number one because they should have lost to the Falcons. Definitely. There was a pass yeah. appearance at the end of that game. They should have lost that game. They should have lost to Arizona. I mean, of all the missed field goals, yeah. terrible, that Catanzaro missed field goal, that was the worst. I mean, so, they, that should have won the game. So I'm putting them at number one, but, I, you know, I, I think there's room for debate. I mean, the Cowboys are kind of up there, but uh, that could change this week. Yeah, and, and speaking, <laughs> that was our, those are uh, by our sponsor, they're, uh, the hottest app that is out there. Uh, clip it was able. I was able to catch Can, uh, Zaro's face because as soon as they lined up for that field goal, he walked away, and then one of the sideline coaches grabbed him and said, he, "Oh, he missed it!" And you can hear him breathe. N- no way! Oh my God, no way! So we caught Pete Carroll's ugly, stupid face uh, and and him back to back, and it was amazing. You can go check them out at Clippit TV, and of course, uh, Clippit.tv for more information. It is. In the App Store, it is uh, Google Play. It is live television in the palm of your hand. You can make clips, share them, again, for Facebook, Twitter, enhance your blog post, all of that. So, yeah, I would still say that, I mean, Seattle's defense in that game definitely showed you, regardless of that. I mean, <laughs> I hate to bring up his name. Sorry, Matt Daring. Earl Thomas was all over the place. All over. So was Sherman, too. Sherman, Sherman was, was terrific. Uh, and the refs again were bad, so it's just kind oh, of really just, just well, wow! It's a shock. They're always so good. Um, Seattle number one. You still think that's that's right? Here's the thing. I am still going to put Minnesota number one, and I know. Yeah, here's the thing. Boo. Here's the thing. The only thing that I know for sure in the NFC is that the Vikings have the best defense. That is the only thing that I feel a hundred percent confident about. And I know Seattle's right there, and they have a better offense, but I think when it comes down to it, if I had to bet my life on one unit or one whatever in the in the NFC, it's that Vikings defense. And, and because of how up in the air all those other teams are, I lean towards that. But it's certainly, for me, Vikings and Seattle right there in those top two spots. 
I think yeah, you know the what? NFC, it's really, we just, it, like, I don't know, man. I thought I was going to, I thought you were going to go Seattle too, and I was going but I still think the Vikings are the best oh, team in the NFC. You looked at me, I thought I was crazy when I said that. No, because... I do it, too, man. But it's, but I it's do. because of defense. And can yes. we just talk about for a moment, is Mike Zimmer a psychopath? Oh, I love it. Did everybody what see that? That's concerning. concerning. Two that, things. There like, were two things. That, like, first so, of all, so multiple the, things. Well, the first thing that sticks out is, A, uh, on the bye week, he took stuffed animals. Yeah, well, that's the... Cut their necks and then hung them up. Like Why? all over the all over the place and said stuffed fat, cats specifically. Yeah, stuffed cats because fat cats get killed. Yeah. Is that get what he said? Slaughtered. Get, get slaughtered. Uh, or how about just as soon as the game's over, going O line? This is your fault. You Completely, did this. Completely true, though. What agreed? But who does that? I, I, no, I love it. I'm, don't get me wrong. I I support this. But is that who why does he, that? But is that why he didn't get a head coaching job for so long? Probably. Because is that probably like, what would what would be your game plan if somebody crazy? could? I, I, I would murder them. I would take a knife and I would put it in my hand and I would just cut it. <laughs> like, like I said, is part, inter- yes, part of his though, interview process. Yes, though. He's that kind of cow. intimidation. Is like, oh, you know, like I'm going to cut, like stick a knife into me while I'm talking to you and like psych you out. Like I think it works, man. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> I mean, you know I love Dan Campbell and his Oklahoma right, drills. Right. So. Yeah, geez, oh man. How's he doing, by the way? Where is he at? Probably at a, well, it's a Metallica roadie now, right? Yeah, I potentially, assume. I think, yeah. Uh, but think there he's is, coaching high school football. But because that he's a psycho, I think that's why I, you know, Pete, it was. It's it's weird too, and even the even the differences. And I'm not taking anything away from Pete Carroll. Every way works, but Pete Carroll's just more of like, yeah, he's our guy. That's okay. He's a happy, and, friendly. And Mike, guy. I would be scared to walk into a Mike Zimmer locker room. You know who else is kind of crazy too? Is 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 just along these? Maybe it's a defensive guy's thing because Dan Quinn is super intense too, but not like Mike Zimmer. I mean, this Zimmer thing is like actual, like could be a serial killer kind of creepiness. And I'm glad you here. brought him up because that's the, you know, the, the Falcons San Diego game again, when, when you're trying to determine the best in the NFC, yeah, we the didn't Falcons, even mention them. Well, as I'm saying, the Falcons come up and we didn't mention them because they were really dumb. Like the old yeah. stuff kind of showed up again. You have, it's 30 to 30. You're on your own 40. There is, it was going in. Oh, oh no! Recording the podcast we were doing. It was yeah. overtime. So, fourth and one, you decide to go. Like, that, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like that is that is old bad Dan Quinn coaching, and I, I think a lot of people saw like a little bit of a, a chink in the armor there, especially against San Diego. Like those are two really dumb teams when it comes down to crucial time, and you're allowing you, you just allowed yourself to make the mistake yep. and go and kind of go in there, Falcons. Considered in that rung, do you? you would you, I know you said Seattle, Vikings or Falcons as number two for you? Probably the Vikings. Yeah, uh, I, I do like that defense a lot. Falcons offense really good. I mean, they're averaging what like thirty-two points per game, and yeah, that's, it's really that's, impressive. It's pretty crazy. And uh, I don't think the Chargers are a bad team at all. I think they're probably better than their record indicates. They're three and four, Definitely. but they have like the tenth best point differential. And they've also lost two games at the end. Or, you know, yeah, like they blew, yeah, they've blown close games. They should have won. But, but they're right in there. So, I mean, like they're a good team. And they, again, I, I talked about it earlier with Seattle beating the Falcons on that controversial no yeah. pass interference call. So, I think they're right up there. And, and when the Eagles played them in a couple of weeks, you know, I thought that game was going to be a relatively easy win for the Eagles at the beginning of this year oh, because yeah. I think the Falcons are people do. Because they're not really a good road team typically. But when you're averaging 32 points per game, and we watched them when they were killing the Panthers, and, and we were watching them on red zone, and literally every time they cut back to the it Falcons was, they game, had the ball. it's just like Julio Jones. <laughs> like, uh, 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 he had like 300 yards in that game, right? So, I mean, they can do some pretty crazy things. I guess I wouldn't put them over the Vikings and, and things like that, but, I mean, they're right up there in the conversation. I don't trust... 
And this is the same way with the thing with the Colts and like, well, any coach that's like this. I don't trust the guy who says he's a defensive coach and their defense sucks. Yeah. And that's what's happening each and every week to the Falcons. Like that's an issue. That that is that is always a red flag for me. Yeah. Here's my thing with the Falcons because I was totally not in at all. And to, but to go to like to play those two D's to go to Denver and then go to Seattle and and I was corrected apparently they did stay out on the West Coast before the Seattle game which okay. was smart um, but just to do that I mean that was that that I don't think they're bad I I don't think they're the best team in the NFC or, or one of the top two as I said but they're better than I thought they were that that showed me something that they went to Denver won that game against that oh, defense yeah. went to Seattle essentially won that game for all intents and purposes even though they didn't come away with the win um, it was just it's one of those things where it's like you see those two and I guess we probably should have expected especially because San Diego like you said is not that bad Brandon we probably should have expected more of a letdown after those two road games even yeah. no matter who they were playing coming back after that yeah I think that's fair and I think again when you look at the NFC uh, there's no clear cut number one, and and I think that makes things good for the Eagles. Really, I mean, I think they could, you know, if they beat the Cowboys, why aren't they the number one team in the NFC? It's a fair point because we didn't. Men- I mean, Dallas, I, and I don't, you know, think they're number one. As uh, you know, we we I think we all agree there. But John Ritchie, again, the WIP Midday Show, New Midday Host, was talking about how when he was working on Sunday, and you know. These te- Minnesota loses and that, and, and pe- there was the conversation happening around the offices like, hey, like, is Dallas the best team in the NFC? And Dallas is a one-point loss away from being, what, 6-0? Oh. If, yeah. if Terrence yeah, Williams go. doesn't be a dumbass. Yeah, you're right. Go yeah. In <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, no. they have a chance at a field goal. Maybe they win that game and they're undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder, well, we're, we're going to get into that too, and I wonder just, you know, outside of the Vikings and more or less wild card stuff where you're, because maybe the, I, I don't know, Maybe the Eagles can come somehow sneak in there, but they're going to have a really tough time doing that in the division. I would uh, I would assume uh, if they win their divisional games, I th- I still think they could have a crack at the at the wild card. I and think I'm, so too. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, like, it's not like Green Bay some juggernaut. No, it's not look, like Arizona some juggernaut. Well, Detroit here too is now I, one I, three in a row, and you're starting to think like Atlanta. Right, but they're saying and, and, and Atlanta is the only team from the South that makes it right. I, th- I yeah, th- I don't think the Bucks are going to climb out of. I don't either. Kind of anything. I know they're they're just three and three right now and. They beat uh, the fighting Chip Kelly's they're pretty just not heavily good again. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's not a lot. Well, I don't think they're cutters. I don't know I don't what the either. Hell I've been very them. unimpressed with them. So uh, far. But I think uh, the you know, Packers uh, Lions are kind of kind of going to be interesting. And I think that especially with the Lions now that you've had, I mean, they beat Washington, they beat Philadelphia. Yeah. So that kind of puts <laughs> kind of puts some pressure on. Again, that's why it makes this week so important. And, and for those of you that don't know, uh, again, James and I are going to do nothing. I think we'll start it on, we'll start it tomorrow. So by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be it's going to be pro-Dallas everything. They're just I, better, John. I, I oh, sorry, we're not starting yet. My bad. Sorry. He's just getting warmed up. He's just getting warmed up. The reason for this is because every time that we've I mean, it's just been that kind of year. Every time that we feel that the Eagles are going to win, they end up losing. Every time they're going to lose, they're going to win. So, with great power comes great responsibility. That's John. right. We will not handle this lightly. We'll, yeah. Well, so we'll have uh, plenty more. I'm sure it's uh, going to be John Stolis and Matt Daring this week. Otherwise, it's going to be me and John, the John and John Show, one more time. But let's let's talk about this Dallas game, and we'll be talking about it Saturday on 94 WIP from six to eight. Uh, your first impressions, because 
you know, we're, we're probably going to go through all the, the all the same different narratives that you always go to. Dallas is uh, is the best offensive line uh, on the planet, and everything that's Ever. going through. Uh, Dak Prescott is is actually Tom Brady. Ezekiel Elliott is actually Tony Dorsett, and there's they have this unstoppable force that comes in and out through here. But every time that the Eagles match up with these guys, especially on the defensive line in this crew, they always seem to at least give them a, a really really tough time. And you've heard Fletcher Cox, and you've heard. Benny Logan and and Brandon Graham especially just saying like you know did we we kind of like we hate that we hate that but they think that everybody is the best offensive line and that kind of gives us the extra juice for that week so what do, I mean like what's your overall impression of, of of that matchup specifically first of all I'll start off by saying the Eagles are five and one in their last six games in Dallas so that? it's not like they can't win there I think kind of people have looking at this week and being like, oh, we, we kind of can't win. You know, Dallas is really good. I mean, the Eagles have won there in recent history, so, you know, I already think they have a chance in that regard. Um, uh, another thing I, I think of when I think of this Dallas team, it's 2014. And that team, what they did well was they, they controlled the clock. They ran the ball. Obviously, DeMarco Murray, everyone's former favorite ex-Eagle, was uh, the leading rusher that year. And Dallas really relied on that ball control offense to kind of mask a defense that isn't so good. And it's it's kind of the same story this year where the Cowboys defense ranks 22nd in yards per per play allowed. They're not a great defense, but they're first in time of possession. You know, they have Ezekiel Elliott, and he has over 700 yards in just uh, six games or so. So I think it's the same kind of deal. The Cowboys saw what they did well in 2014 when they won 12 games. And they're trying to replicate that strategy. And obviously, Dak Prescott is playing as good, and they have the best offensive line in NFL history. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, so I think you know if what the Eagles can do here, if Jim Schwartz's defense can step up like they did last week, and they made some of those adjustments with the blitzing and everything, uh, you look at how Schwartz's defense has got off to a bad start against Washington and Detroit. But in the second half of games this year, here's a stat for you. Eagles have only allowed six points, or sorry, 12 points. It's pretty impressive. Ex- except for the Sam Bradford garbage time oh, touchdown, yeah. which I'm throwing out because, you know, that game was over. Sure. So if the Eagles defense can get off to a good start in this game and they don't allow the Cowboys to control the clock, I think it's a, it's a way to win. The crazy thing about all of that and every single time that it, it doesn't, it does, it's not totally sustainable. Especially with it's an not. Off, with a, with it's a, a weakness. You can <laughs> exactly. exploit it. Exactly. So every every time that you kind of get into this, it actually is almost like it's Dallas 2014 all over again. You know, they they are they allow themselves to kind of get in there. And if the Eagles were had it, any kind of quarterback during that time, and you saw, I mean, like the short days rest and the Thanksgiving game is is uh, as I'm sure is all part of that. But still, it is it is the exact same formula that they tried to use beforehand. And I I, I don't know. I I kind of like. The Eagles' chances in that, based on that, I think their defense is is inc- is so much better than it has been before in the past, obviously. And the to uh, Dallas's, cre- I mean, like non-credit, I guess I should say, haven't really faced a defense that's been very impactful so far. Yeah, no, I would. Would you say Cincinnati is the best, de- or Green Bay maybe is the best defense they've faced? It's not a uh, a, a juggernaut schedule as far as defenses go. Look, I think you have to look at this Dallas offense and say, all right, the Ezekiel Elliott thing is real. We all thought he was going to be really good. He is really good. And that Shouts o- to Ben Natan. Yeah. We all <laughs> thought it. It's true. And that O-line is really good at run blocking. But we've seen the last few years when this Eagles D-line has gone up, at least in, in two of the times each of the years, 
we have seen this defense be able to get to the quarterback, whoever is at quarterback. And, and you know, it's not like Dak is, is special compared to Romo in terms of ability to, to move around. Romo could do that too. I think you have to assume that this defense will, will be able to get to the quarterback. The question is stopping the run. Look, I know we know they can do it, but we've also seen them come out and, and just get shredded, like in that Washington game. That's your worry. Your worry is that they go into this game and we see Washington 2.0, except with a much better running back and a better offense. Well, line. that's my biggest worry, too. It's just like I don't, th- I don't think they're going to be – I honestly don't th- think they're, they're going to be able to completely slow down Dallas's – no. Running game. I just well, don't. Gre- going Under 100 yards? Bay, yeah. Yes. Well, but going I don't, into I don't that know. Green Bay game, Green Bay had the best run defense in the league. They had been allowing 40 something yards per game. 2.0 per, per carry. Thank you. Ezekiel Elliott ran all over them. So, like, yeah. I, I don't think you're containing I don't think you're stopping it. I think you're trying to contain it in yeah. theory. And, and in which case, you know, you want them. I guess that's not going to really change and in, in, in be any different here because you want to make them one-dimensional. That's been the Eagles' philosophy since forever. It's basically every defense's philosophy. You want Dak Prescott to throw the football. Yep. Uh, Des Bryant's going to be back, looks like. You know, he's, he's really kind of pushing towards Good. play Good. I want to see him night. whining and crying on the <laughs> sideline. I enjoy under, that. Yeah, it's under the lights, and I'm sure it's going to be – there are going to be points in this game where it's going to be a, an, an all-out slop fest. Which is which is fine. like every you know? game in the NFL yes. this season. It's, is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. pretty much, pretty much like that. There's not going to be anything that's crisp. But what I do think, BLG, and what's what we've been hammering on uh, since Sunday is, hey, you know, like if if you're gonna, this is the perfect time to keep executing those type of blitzes that you saw against the Vikings. Yes. Rodney McLeod is is talented enough yes. to go in there and do those things, and your your secondary is going to be okay enough, I think, for a moment to force Dak to make that decision. You know, I, I really do think that you need to be just as aggressive and, and force him to beat you. Yeah, I agree. I think we saw the ability for Jim Schwartz to adjust. You know, Jim Schwartz runs a, a, a 4-3 wide nine, and he says time and time again, like almost every week, that, you know, he really needs the defensive line to be the strength of his team. And he doesn't want to have to send extra blitzers if he if he doesn't want to. But guess what? You know, they, they went up against Washington. They didn't sack Kirk Cousins once. They only hit him twice. That's not good enough. You have to get to the quarterback. They Jim Schwartz made those adjustments last week. We saw the Eagles sack Sam Bradford six times they hit him 16 times yeah i don't think that makes a difference that makes a difference i don't expect them you know those numbers to be as big uh obviously the vikings were missing their starting offensive tackles the cowboys offensive line is going to be better even though we make fun of it all the time it's still going to be better (laughs) dak prescott's mobile you know sam bradford isn't going to be avoiding sacks all day like dak can so you know i think it's going to be different but i think you know you're right you know schwartz has to mix that blitz in i don't know if it has to be as much but it can't be Without it at all. Yeah, it's crucial. And I, that literally BLG stole what I was about to say is the, is the fact that we you know we joke about it. It's not the best offensive line in the history of the planet or anything, but it's still a really good offensive line. We, we shouldn't take away from the fact that, like, you know, it got overblown, but it is a really good – it is a top two or three offensive line in the NFL right now. You would know, No question. I would know. <laughs> yes, I've spent right. far too much time – Knowing about offensive lines and studying offensive lines, and I cannot wait to not do that. Oh, two more weeks, I yes, think. Yes, yes, thank for, goodness. For him to kind of go away. Yes. Which is but be- it's a legit line is the point, and I just yeah. don't want it. Like, I know we joke about it, but the point is, is is Schwartz is not going to be able to get consistent pressure with four guys. They are going no. to have to mix some stuff in. They've already proven that. And, that, and again, the, the other thing that is, is scary to me is, and I know he just had a good game, and I understand that. 
right? And the, some of the snaps are starting to come down, and Vinnie Curry had a really good game, too. But Connor Barwin trying to set the edge this week still, still really scares me. There is a big, big difference between backup tackles that you're facing against Minnesota. There's a big difference between going up against one of the best left yeah. tackles in Washington, and and then there's the Dallas offensive yes. line. Like there's there's that's a huge issue. I would actually like to see more Destiny Viejo kind of get it to it. More Stephen Means that yeah, anybody means, that can uh, is, is going to means. force you to set the edge. I, well, you know? And I also just, I mean, Means is one of those guys where you, he comes on the field and, and he makes a difference. Like, you know, he doesn't get a ton of snaps, but in the snaps he gets, he seems to, I feel like I'm looking at my, and actually you're right about VAO too. Like, both of those guys in limited time seem to pop up on my screen more than I expected. Yeah, and I'm not saying like, hey, give them 23% or whatever, but. You need fresh get, legs. You and need fresh like legs in, in there, game. especially this week. Uh, and I think I think this might be a record. I think. Oh yeah, Mr. Brian Coulter, who is who is here with us once again. Coulter. Is it Coulter? Coulter. See, yeah. I like to go the French way. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird, though. But if you guys aren't, it's clearly which Coulter. is weird because I've uh, I've pronounced his name correctly. Your last name. A it's lot not, of it's, times. it's not like he calls you Barchard, right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people. <laughs> that do. I'm going to blame it on the drinks. That's, why I, already that's had. why I went there, Johnny. So, but you know, we've been talking about a lot of stuff here, man. First of all, first of all. Thoughts on getting a wide receiver, Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey. You don't want to overspend, obviously. Uh, Torrey Smith, while he has the the breakaway speed that you're looking for, uh, I don't know if it's going to be coming at a price that's affordable. Uh, same with Alshon Jeffrey. Well, with Jeffrey, comes with a different set of circumstances with his contract situation. Uh, and he's better. <laughs> slightly better. Yeah, yeah, right. Slightly, too, right? <laughs> a little bit better. Yeah. And by the way, if you guys aren't going to talk about it, how much Dallas sucks, I'll yes. be more than glad no. to fill in for yeah, you. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A trash sad. city and a trash team and trash fans. Yes. We can still trash the city and the fans, right? Oh, just yeah, just say how good the team no, no, is, right? Dallas, Dallas uh, like, proper is, uh, is one yeah. of the worst cities I've it ever is, been to. It's a life. terrible place. Yeah. I don't Except understand Except for the Bengali Hotel. Yeah. Everything else can go yeah. burnt down. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm Okay, so but yeah, I, I think Dante but, but, actually but lived there as, when he wrote the Inferno. As, That's yes, what he was talking exactly about. Exactly right. As far as uh, Tory Smith and Alshon Jeffrey, look, Howie's had the track record of making the right kind of moves in the last year or so. So if he wants to make that kind of move, if he thinks that's good for not just this year but for down the road, then sure, why not? As long as it's not too much, I don't think anybody in the city is going to care. No, no, I, I, I really don't. I think there's going to be some guys like, Oh, you're paying this guy gets hurt all the time. That's I, probably going to be the only take that's out there. But well, other, as, I, I as know, soon as he catches his first yeah. touchdown, everybody's going to, yeah. I, I, know, I know one guy who's going to be very happy with it, and his name is Carson Wentz. <laughs> yes, that's right. But and, uh, that, and that's all that really matters. You also got to consider uh, when they traded for Doriel Green Beckham and how long it took for him to uh, get, become a part of the offense, you, there has to be that little bit of hesitation when trading for a wide receiver that is going to take that kind of time to transition into the Eagles offense. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem in the case with Alshon Jeffrey. He's got too much talent that's not really going to make much of a difference. Somebody like Torrey Smith, when it comes to his route running, when it comes to uh, the packages that you would think that uh, Doug Peterson would put in play for him, uh, that might be a little bit more difficult. So not only lesser talent with Torrey, but also might take him a little bit longer to get used to the Eagles offense. I'm going to run straight. I'm, That's what I say I'm, to him. I'm Just say, run, dude. I'm, I've heard that a couple of times now, and I agree with it. Well, you know, I think I think DGB is a very special case, and that or I think he's very dumb. 
<laughs> and it is going to take. If you have, there is nothing that a wide receiver has to learn other than verbiage if it needs to be. I mean, like if you're if you're going through and saying, yeah, nine eighty seven. You're not teaching the route tree. Yeah, you're not teaching the route tree. Nelson Aguilar could use the. Could uh, <laughs> learn a, a route tree every now and then. Just I'm just been saying. So beaten been down now. We're just like, oh, it's never gonna work. No receiver can ever figure it out. But to Brian's point, I've heard that a lot, especially with Torian, like doing that in, in right here. Uh, I I th- I think either one of them you could just because I remember. Do you guys remember Brad Smith just suddenly signed? Yeah, yeah. We, of into week six and and they started him that game. The They're like, yeah, just like, go, oh, just go, hey, who's just play. Guy? They it's ran fun. a Brad yeah. Smith Wildcat package. They did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. That and worked out really well. Miserably, <laughs> yes, that was, correct. That was terrific. Correct. Uh, uh, and Ashley Fox that wrote an entire article after that win too. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that. Uh, but right. regardless of that, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's going to be any time wasted on any veteran wide receiver that comes well, in here. I really don't. Well, and, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but who, who in your mind, you know, we're talking about some of the best team in the NFC for you right now. Uh, best team in the NFC? <sighs> Man. It's, it's a hard one. It's, it's a hard one because there's a lot of teams that really. That's the point, are, really, are right? That, the whole point is that yeah. it's a hard one because no one's really dominant. Yeah. I mean, if you're the second tier teams probably in the NFL are probably made up of the top tier in the NFC. There's a lot of good teams. There isn't really a lot of great teams. Uh, you guys were talking about the product of the NFL, and that certainly is <laughs> a reason for it. The NFL yeah. product right now is not good. Uh, best team in the NFC. I got to take that Vikings game yep. as, as you know a one-off because I don't know. As do I. Yeah. I, I know I that you're a big Sam Bradford guy, and I, he showed I'm up sure that's good. Uh, yeah, that's what he showed up. Like. <laughs> he he down like a mother. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really I, did. I, I, I don't know that Mike Zimmer, if he had the opportunity to do it again, would have Sam Bradford take a lot of five- and seven-step drops in his past. Yeah, he'd <laughs> probably slit his offensive lineman's throat before yeah, the game. And that's so. right. And also, well, to be fair, Brandon Graham, probably the best eagle right now on the team, has been Except playing one, has had, had one on hell of a game on Sunday. And has had one hell of a season, even though the sack numbers might not register. No, nah, right. he's been terrific. The he's hurries awesome. and the quarterback hits and the pressures, they've all been there. I think I've mentioned that a time or two before on here. <laughs> yes. But it's, it was really evident on uh, Sunday. So I'll go with Vikings. But it's like with any other team that you want to pick from the NFC. It's, it's not that, it's not that firm. Tenu- tenuous hold. Yeah, it's a very spot. tenuous. And it could change week to week. So, uh, And then, of course, we, you know, we've been just uh, chatting away. Dallas-wise, mainly just focusing on offensive line and, and you know, defensive line. But just, I wanna, just I wanna, your overall thoughts. I want to take, here. if it was possible to just have, like, a camera focused on the Brandon Graham matchup with the offensive line. I can't wait. Oh, my. That's going to be one hell of a battle. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Especially now because you even said it before where it's just like, you know, like, the, I mean, he just literally chucks dudes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's that's well, what's he, amazing it's like, to me. Well, it's like when these guys are Short this, arms and all, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah no, no, but the thing is, like, when these guys are <laughs> this big and this strong and you can see these guys literally just, like, doing everything they can to not move and Brandon Graham is just pushing them yep. back, like, yep. that's that's strength and force of will and, like, that's a force to be racking with and that's what he's been doing. Yeah, and it's yeah. Uh, and, and that's why it's... It, yeah, it is very exciting towards that because every time that narrative gets destroyed, when the, you know I've been saying it like a broken record, but it really does, especially against pass protection. Mm-hmm. You can sell me on the run stuff, but they don't. Uh, they don't win. Dallas is not uh, not uh, great at protecting your quarterbacks, and that's been obvious because uh, their starters still hurt. 
Um, <laughs> that's where the battle's going to be true. won. That's yeah, where the battle's going to be won on on Sunday, and I thankfully everyone's going to be able to watch a very good Sunday night football game instead of what we it's had. Not to carried away. Right. Last no, week. It's not get carried away. It'll probably be. Can atrocious. I just say too for the I think now the third time that Brandon Gowden has has gone yeah, yeah, to he's, this he's awesome again. green parrot menu here. He's, he's not messing machine. around. So we're enjoying the Bud Lights as usual. He's so on, he's on his like third we entree. We have to come evening. back at this point because he's eating the <laughs> he's, he's eating started, the restaurant. Yeah. He's gone through the entire menu almost. So he started with the jalapeno burger. Then he went to the. They uh, have the to make new things for him to eat yeah, at seriously. this point. I mean, you should just. I, I honestly think if he would have combined the mozzarella sticks, the burger, and this cheese quesadilla that he is whomping on right now, and yeah. just called it the BLG and just wrapped yeah. it up in a bow. I we're going to have to talk to Bob. Who's we're going to charge this all to Spike Ask. <laughs> any, see any, if we can get some, a couple of name changes. Any here. one of those dishes, I don't finish. And he's no, no way. And that's what I'm saying. Like he always puts us to shame here. It's amazing yeah, how much well, this kid eats. He's a very large man. He's <laughs> very tall. But, but he, he doesn't goes. gain anything. Like <laughs> I, I grow the opposite way, and then yeah. he's just like, oh yeah, yeah no yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. just uh, go down. a small correction to me. Oh, a small <laughs> correction. Oh really? You, <laughs> you're taking time <laughs> from your quesadilla <laughs> to come make a guy appreciate that. <laughs> it Thank is you. a chicken cheese quesadilla. Yeah, I apologize. It's not just a cheese quesadilla. Thank you very much yeah, for the need clarification. Yeah, more, more food in there for you. It's not enough. With it just is delicious, juice. though. But I'm sorry. Uh, Everything's delicious here. It is. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic place uh, here in uh, Newtown. And as Bob corrected me, not directly in the borough, but it is the township. It's, right, very, right. it's awesome here. I used to come here all the time because that you could see, like, for instance, again, we're watching the Flyers. The Cubs Indians starting lineup is, is coming right now. Go Cubs, go! Go Indians, and, go and, Tribe! And I'd like to thank the baseball gods for actually listening to me on Saturday and allowing this thing to happen. Uh, my grandmother's never been so happy. And my favorite player of all time is throwing out the first pitch, <laughs> Kenny Lofton. Oh, Kenny Lofton! Am I the only person who loved Kenny Lofton? Am I the only person? It's probably right. And because now James and I have to hate each other for yes, the next like week and a half. Right, right. He's an Indians fan. Oh. Along with being a Phillies fan, yeah. so it's kind of well, a, it's well, a Phillies fan. And a Phillies fan, at least mine are different leagues. And when I was growing, oh, yeah, they didn't play so each other. Uh, so when I was growing, so they didn't play each other. Oh, yeah, Literally great. never. You know, it's Everyone, wait, I picked the two worst teams in like the so history I was of say, baseball. Do you hate you yourself? Is that the I know that's what it is. You know. <laughs> so did I. I mean, like we're both '90s kids. So like, yeah, we both. What did we do? What are we doing? Nothing. I know. It was a terrible job by us. But regardless of that, I mean, like I said, I see victory on tap. I see a whole bunch of other things on tap. And most of all, the Bud Light is flowing here. It is the food is good, flowing. too. The fo- <laughs> PLG knows PLG for knows. sure. He's tried everything the on the menu tonight. Dynamite right. dropping. Dynamite dropping. Yeah, hey, there hello, it is. Hello, Indians. I like that. Uh, but uh, you see, you hear they tried to get Charlie Sheen to throw the first bit. Or he, t- no, he wanted to do it, and they were like, "Nah." It would have been a terrible mistake. No, they that the Indians were like, "No, no. way, dude." Charlie was like, "I'll do it. I'm Rick Vaughn." Of course he will. I'd rather have Roger Dorn out there. <laughs> I would too. Corbin Burnson, where you at, buddy? Good. Uh, I, actually, I think I saw him Indians, on CSI. Indians do have the better mm. baseball movie between them and Rookie. Oh of the yeah, year. no, they yeah. All, all the all the Cubs ones are bad. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I mean, I mean, you know, Rookie of the Year is is fine. It, it's it a is good kids movie. It would have been Henry Gardner action. Everybody knows the funky butt loving, but outside yeah. of that, it's just yeah. Yeah. Major League is yeah, a thousand times. Even even Major League Two, which was bad, is still good. Major League Two is hilarious. Yes, I'm with. No, no, no. In a, in a ridiculous, it's a terrible movie, yeah. but it's hilarious. It's good, yeah. Thanks yes. to Harry Doyle, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, yeah, he's great. Know, Jack know, Parkman. Jack Parkman. Yeah. Oh. He's <laughs> still an ass. <laughs> makes uh, makes the what is it? People in Cleveland want to puke. <laughs> Which, by the way, if uh, if you're listening, is and you need uh, some goods, go just go, if you have it, Norm McDonald and uh, Artie Lang. 
do a fantastic story about Bob Euchre. Just go YouTube that. Like the second you hear this, sit pause, and it's ten minutes long, and I laugh every single time that it's brought up because Bob Euchre is kind of a creep. I don't think there's a bad Bob yeah. Euchre story. <laughs> That's the thing, and he curses all the time, which yeah. is which is great. Uh, but uh, you know, just we'll a just bit outside. Sorry, let's uh, let's just uh, you know kind of wrap this thing up here. Is we're gonna have a lot to talk about to going out through the week and. You know, I, I really do think that you know the four and a half lines kind of kind of an odd line. Weird. Bill Simmons calls it the Vegas zone, whereas in yeah. Vegas doesn't really know what to do with the game and thus puts it, he calls it between four and like five and a half is the Vegas zone. Like it's like they, they don't really sure know either. what to do. You know, it's not a three point game. It's not a you know seven point six point game. It's kind of a weird zone, and it is. Brian, your early feel for victory on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a battle. Uh, but then again, Eagles-Dallas is always a battle, especially in Dallas. The last few years, for example, where it came to the, down to the division one year. We had the Jordan Matthews game yeah, we last need to, year. By the way, we need to get, get, get Brandon Boykin a call, right? Uh, fix the quarterback problems immediately. He's, uh, oh, yeah, no, he's, he's free, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> it's, it's, what's what's he doing these need days? Get, say uh, what's going on. The battle between the Dallas O-line and the Eagles D-line is probably going to decide the game. I mean, that's not really breaking news that to anybody. Really but, wow. But the bottom line, but that's pretty much it. I have faith in Carson Wentz, and I have faith that the Eagles are going to be able to move the ball on offense. Uh, Dallas defense isn't exactly lighting the world on fire. Yes. But that's Marinelli that. coaching those boys up. I'm getting ready, but I'm getting prepped to really <laughs> bring it this week. But as long as you know, the Eagles. Dallas is awesome. That was the point. <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah, it. They're going to win, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, well, this, this get an early say. start because, here. Because, because I don't have I hope people start. listen to the podcast because otherwise that was really weird if you didn't <laughs> yeah, hear little, the earlier like, part. A little weird. Uh, and there is, uh, I really do think that the Eagles are, re- I mean, I, I won't say this moving forward, but I do think that the Eagles can light up that, that defense. I, think, I like that you went can instead of will. Well, no, no, yeah, I think they can I, because, because of Doug's scheming. And because of Carson, I really do think that they can throw them and off. The lack of talent on the Dallas yes, defense. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That you can you can coach it, and it's it really is it's strength on strength on both sides. So, you know, their the offense defense is is not great, but defense offense the other way is that's where both of the strengths are. So I don't know, BLG, what's your what's your feel early on a, on a Tuesday night, in lovely Newtown? I think they can win. We said it earlier. They're five and one in their last six games. There, it's not like they've played bad there historically. I think uh, this defense can be exploited. I think this is really Carson Wentz's biggest game of the year, and he has to step up in this game. And you know the way he has played in the past two weeks hasn't been good enough. And I think that's been a lot of talk recently about how, oh, you know, Carson's regressing. He's not playing as well as he did in the beginning of the season. This is the game. Turn it around and prove that, you know, prove your doubters wrong and. And we don't want to see – Eagles fans don't want to see, you know, they don't want to wake up on Monday morning and have to hear about, oh, Dak Prescott outperformed, who was a fourth-round <laughs> pick, outperformed Carson Wentz, who we're was the number two We're going to be talking about air yards, and we're going to be talking yeah, about – at least we're not Rams football fans. Football outsiders. Right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so that's that's the other storyline, which is weird, James, that hasn't really come up yet is yeah. Dak versus, you know, Wentz. That's, yeah. that's going to be – Who would thought? We thought it would be Goff versus Wentz. What happened? Whoops. <laughs> what, what went wrong? <laughs> Every, no, but it, went right. it, it, it is kind of exciting in the sense that, and I, I know that we all agree that we think that Wentz has been more impressive, but Dak has been really good, and he has been impressive, and he's played smart and hasn't made mistakes. 
there is the potential that this could be the beginning of a, a really exciting long-term rivalry between these two quarterbacks, and that in and of itself, when we look back down the road, could be a really kind of, you know, exciting thing that you don't think about as much at the time, but, you know, 15 matchups later, you're like, oh, yeah, Dak Wentz. I trust somebody like Fletcher Cox to, to come through. I think he's paid the money to show up in a game like this. If, he, if he's able to flush out Dak Prescott... I have the also have faith in uh, Hicks and Bradham to be able to catch him, and that's this is where Fletcher Cox gets his money. Games like this, going up against an offensive line as well renowned as Dallas, this is where I think Fletcher steps up. I think he makes, if not one, maybe two big plays, maybe a sack, maybe a forced fumble, and I, I think it. that's that could end up being the difference in this game. I that's where I'm going to put my money on. Well, he's going to have to, you know. I mean, it's just it really is. It, it's it, it's. I know we say this and I feel we said it against Washington, but honestly, all these divisional games are so much more important than, than actually what, what goes on oh, yeah. through the rest of the season because, again, you're, these guys are going to get uh, matched up with you know the, the same teams uh, for the most part, and there's things that this is where you can make up ground and, and feel good, and it's just they, they, have, to, they have to go in there, and I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm, I'm going to say – they don't have to, but I'm going to say early – I'm going to say that they don't win this football game. Me too, John. That, I am they totally. Do not win this I am totally, game. John. I that just is great news. Here's for everybody. the thing: <laughs> it's it's a really close matchup. I just you know in Dallas, Zeke. I mean, you know Zeke's going to be yeah, bringing he's gonna it. He's going to go for one thirty. I'm telling you, Rod Marinelli is coaching his guys up. That's what he does. Ooh. Dak Prescott is just going to be so because he's never thrown a bad pass. We all know oh, that. He's so Dak Prescott is just gonna. It's it's Dak it Tom Prescott, Tom Brady Prescott. That's his new name. Tom, 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 Tom Prescott. I, I like that even better. We should, we should make name. Tom Prescott t-shirts. Yes. Actually, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Like gold Hall of Fame jersey. Magic the way. comes and you don't even know yeah, it's coming. That's right. Down. Well, I'd like to thank uh, the Green Patriots or the Green Patriots. See, what yeah, happened there? Because I got Tom so Brady on your head. The Green Parrot. Shout out to my one of my oldest best friends, my groomsman, just walked in the building. He is a Patriots fan as well, Mike Lind. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Mike Lind. I'd also like to give a shout-out to our Oh, it's the shout-out thing now. <laughs> That's right. Kevin Bray and Ash Zaritsky. How about that? How about that? The cutest couple in the bar right It here. is true. No, it's yes. true. Uh, and uh, we want to thank everybody for coming out tonight at the Green Patriot here. Parrot. I did it again. Yes. What's wrong with what? me? Yeah, you are yeah, drunk. <laughs> that is the problem. No, he's not. He didn't drink at all. I'm the only one who drank. What's that? Ooh. There's oh, Quizzo. Oh, we have Quizzo. Quizzo coming up. Oh, my God. I, I guess. And there's Quizzo by the way. coming up right here. I am, I am at the Green Parrot. Creepy good at Quizzo. I know. It's, if you want to win at Quizzo, put me on your team. It's frightening. Uh, so that's going to do it for us right here on uh, BGN Radio, courtesy of 94 WIP. You've been listening to us right here on BelieveInGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours.